I was a reader before I was a writer. I fell in love with books when I was seven years old. It was partly a conscious decision, partly not. Stories were doorways that opened to other worlds. It was easy for me to step through the sentences and forget myself, to walk or fly or run or crawl through the unfamiliar, to swim through the magical. I remember grabbing a reading comprehension packet in second grade as my classmates were grumbling about how they loathed doing the work. And I thought, everyone hates reading, but not me. I'm going to love it. And I did. Wandering my small one-room elementary school library, I checked out book after book. I read everything. Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew mysteries, collections of fairy tales and children's biographies of Mary Lou Retton and Prince. By the time I was eight, I had developed a certain taste. I loved books with girl protagonists. It didn't matter when or where the story was set. If it featured a girl on an adventure, I'd read it, savoring the experience as the heroine lived the kind of life I didn't, had the agency I didn't. I read The Secret Garden, Charlotte's Web, The Chronicles of Narnia, Harriet the Spy, from the mix-up files of Miss Basil E. Frank Wheeler, Anne of Green Gables, The Hero, and The Crown, and Pippi Longstocking. These girls I encountered whose skin I inhabited felt like friends. I believe there are two gifts that the writer gives young readers. First, they build vividly rendered worlds for the reader to fall in love with and fall into. Second, they create characters that are so real, distinct, and familiar to the young reader that the reader has space to imagine him or herself in that world during the reading and after they are done. When I read my childhood books, I felt a part of those worlds intensely while I was reading. I felt an invisible sister in the narrative. But coming out of the books was hard for me. Although I could lose myself in the story while I was reading, once I was done with each of those borrowed books, their worlds were closed to me. I wanted to think back on the worlds and the characters and imagine myself in that place with my sister character again, eating bacon sandwiches with Mary or hiding in the dumbwaiter with Harriet. But I was never privy to that parting gift of immersion that some books afforded readers after turning the final page. I could not exist in their worlds because no one even looked like me spoke or walked or sang in those worlds, not even peripherally. It was another year of reading before I found the first book that allowed me to imagine I could have a place in it after it ended. But it was a place I did not want to occupy. In Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry, Cassie, the heroine, is Black and from Mississippi. Her family owns a large, hundred-acre farm during the Great Depression. Her family isn't rich, but isn't poor like mine was either. One of the chief struggles of the book is Cassie's family's effort to keep their land, to keep the material wealth they have as the white people around them attempt to pressure them into selling it. Cassie's story was just unfamiliar enough to entice me to spend more time with her, to sink into the sisterhood. But as I read on, she became too familiar. Cassie was as powerless as I was, living in a world of adults and bewildering circumstances, a world rotten with Jim Crow and sharecropping and nightmen and racism. I knew what it was like to be an outsider, to be ostracized for aspects of my identity beyond my control, to listen to white children in my classes tell racist jokes, or to hear stories about kids who said the N-word when they weren't around black kids. 
This was one of the hallmarks of my Mississippi childhood. I knew what it meant to feel very small in a large, hostile world. To instinctively understand that racism was a voracious force, a blazing fire, and I knew it demanded submission. I knew what it was to watch a landscape burn, a house blaze and crumble to embers. I knew how to cower, to tremble. I read to escape, to malt my skin. Something inside of me recoiled from Cassie's world at the close of the book. I was a child leaning away from a warped mirror in fear of the distortion I saw there. The smile turned to a rictus, the neck elongated, stretched. Cassie's story made me acutely aware of the fact that in that moment, she inhabited a black body and so marked, would never be gifted with escape. So much of my horror stemmed from the fact that I recognized Cassie's face as my own. It was too much. 